Hi, this is your host, Nisa Harris, and you are listening to Shomea Ve'ona Tehillim and Other Hebrew Text Podcast, episode 154. The following is the recitation of Psalm 139, aka Perik or Mizmor Kuf Lamid Tet. After the recitation, stay tuned to hear more about this Mizmor. Lamnatseach le David Mizmor Adonai Hakartani Vateda Ata Yadata Shivti Vikumi Banta Lerei Me Rahok Archi Verivi Ze Rita Vehol Derachai His Kanta Ki Ain Mila Bil Shoni Hain Adonai Yadata Hula Achor Vakedem Sartani Vatashet Alai Kapecha Tlia Daat Mimeni Nisgeva Lo Uchal La Ana Elech Meruchecha Ve'ana mi panecha evrach. Im esak shamayim. Sham ata ve'atzita she'ol hinecha. Esa chanfei. Shachar Eshkena Beacharit Yam Gam Sham Yadcha Tanchini Betochazini Yeminacha Vaomar Ach Choshech Yeshufeni ve Laila or Baadeni Gam Hoshech Lo Yachshich Mimecha ve Laila Kayom Yair Kahashecha Ora Ki Ata Kanita Hil Yotai Tesukani Bevetan Imi Odra Al Ki Noraot Nifleti 
נפלאים, מעשיך בנפשי יודעת מאוד. לא נכחד עצמי ממך אשר וסייתי בסתר רוקמתי בתחתיות ארץ גלמי ראו עיניך ועל ספרך כולם ייכתבו ימים יוצרו ולא אחד בהם ולי מה יקרו רעך אל מעצמו ראשיהם. אספרים מכל ירבון הקיצותי ועודי עמך. אם תקטול אלוהי רשע ואנשי דמים סורו מני אשר יאמרוך למזימה נשוי לשווא ערכה הלו משנאך משנאך אדוני אשנא ובתקוממך את כותת תכלית שנאה שנאתים לאויבים היו לי חקריני אל ודע לבבי בחנני ודע שר אפי וראה אם דרך עוצב בי ונכני בדרך עולם. Psalm 139 is special to me because it's the psalm from which we chose my eldest daughter, Plia's name from. FYI, I mentioned only one time in all of Tanakh, a.k.a. a hapax legomena. I'll go more into that pasuk shortly. I'm not the only one that thinks it's a special mizmor. That even Ezra says, Zeha mizmor nechbad me'od. This is a very precious mizmor. in the ways of knowing Hashem, and there is no mizmor as precious as this one. I'm going to touch on a lot of topics in this episode, so bear with me. 
Our mizmor is not recited wholesale in our prayers, but worth mentioning that Pasuk 5 is well known and is mentioned in Gemara Brachot Aleph Amud Aleph that we were created originally as a two-faced male and female together, and then we were split apart and reunited. But also Pasuk 5 is well known in the Chiddush of the Or HaChayim HaKodesh, the concept that the physical body of man, aka the guf, was created at the end of creation, while the spiritual part, aka neshama, was created at the beginning, achor v'kedem. And the ramifications for this pertain to the development of the fetus, where the thoughts that the couples have together at the time of conception have an incredible impact on the spiritual development of a child. And even if a child is not produced from a relationship, the thoughts themselves generate the creation of a soul, even if it doesn't necessarily have a physical body. Just a nice thought. Now, just to give an overview, the psalm highlights all the different ways in which Hashem is both omniscient, aka he knows my motives and all my struggles and convictions and knows who I am, as well as omnipresent, aka no matter where I am, God is there and I can't get away from him even if I tried. The plea, the wonder of God mentioned in Pasuk 6, is what seems to be beyond the author's understanding. For example, just like if you told a fetus who is happily growing in the womb and given nutrition and comfort and all it needs, if you told them, assuming that they understood, you know, that there was another realm outside of the womb where you could eat through your mouth and there were all kinds of other wonders to explore, it would be hard for the fetus to grasp. So to wonder, so too the wonders of Hashem is hard to grasp for us in this realm since it functions on a totally different level. So theologically, a lot of questions are raised from this mizmor. Not only how is there even space for my existence and why do you, Hashem, care about little old me, but also questions of free will come up here like, if you already know everything, how is it that I have any choice at all? The psalmist makes no attempt to resolve these contradictions rationally here. We're just meant to feel the vastness of the questions themselves. However, in a slight tangent, I will just quickly mention what I call my free will sliding doors theory for whoever saw that movie where if she makes the subway, her life turns out one way, and if she misses it, it turns out another. This concept helps me to think of how Hashem sees all the possible ways our lives can turn out like a puppet master looking over the past, present, and future of our lives all at the same time. And it's just a matter of us making the choices that help us to achieve our fullest potential. Okay, back to the actual Mizmor. The word to know is repeated six times, and it seems to be a pervasive point of emphasis for the psalmist, who could be David Amelech or opinions say Adam, the first man. At first, I was confused what the first half of them is more dealing with God knowing me inside and outside, what that had to do with all the enemy talk at the end. But Rav Hirsch explained that um, the end verses 19 to 24 form the actual theme of the entire psalm. Given this position, as well as Rabbi Yaakov Trump's point that the language of Chakartani or Chakira used in Pasuk 1 and 23 sound like the legal process of cross-examining a witness in court. 
talking about conspiring witnesses who are bringing up false claims. Therefore, this talk about the evil people could be all the enemies that David has repeatedly told us about, the ones that constantly falsely accuse him throughout his life. This perspective helps clarify that this may be the conditions for why the psalmist wrote the Mizmor to begin with. Beth Moore talks about what happens when you get falsely accused or someone misjudges your character. Typically, your gut reaction is, you don't know me. And she goes on to discuss how, how few people in our lives actually truly know you. Maybe a handful, if that. This Ms. Moore seems to be David's gut reaction response to his false accusers, taking comfort and thanking Hashem for being someone who knows him in a vulnerable way and that he can't hide anything from him. It's kind of freeing. And in Pasuk 14, we explicitly uh, see that the narrator is indeed thanking Hashem. He is grateful for the way that he is fashioned, and Hashem's regular involvement in his life in a way that is gently exploring, but not exploiting like his said enemies did. There is this overall feeling that Hashem provides this safe space, where as Pesach 12, it says, night is as light as day. There is no darkness. The narrator can reveal his full self and be accepted for all that they are and not be falsely accused. In addition, chakartani not only means examine, like we mentioned, but also search. And we see that for some reason that the psalmist can't fathom, God already knows him, he already knows him, but still takes the time in his busy schedule to search and then research when needed. And this highlights for me the importance of learning something, but then relearning, researching deeper at a different point in time, at different stages. Perhaps the subject and the learner's perspectives and motives have shifted. Lots of lessons can be learned from this psalm, but I think one that stands out for me is acknowledging how much we don't know and need to research about each other before forming conclusions that we hold against the other. In the list of when to say which psalms, it indicates that this one is said to improve relationship between husband and wife. I could understand that if we recognize that we are only human before we judge others, even our spouse, who we think we know best, before we assume we know their motives, search again, not in a probing, annoying way, but in a space that helps the other feel safe and accepted no matter what. Even Hashem, who actually knows everything, searches and then researches if needed. But again, the narrator is not feeling exploited with this search process. I'll share a personal story. My husband and I, Baruch Hashem, we don't fight too often. Grateful that when we do, we fight well. So when we were planning an event, I figured that he was a bit snippy because it was work stress spillover or something. It turned out he was interpreting my tone as condescending, and it was making him feel like I was putting him down. I was shocked when he said this because I thought we were having a great bonding time and I didn't have any intention of putting him down. Once we were able to search through where things went sour, I was able to see how my sarcasm 
could have been interpreted negatively, and he was able to see how my intentions were not condescending. If even with the people who know us the most, there can be blunders and misunderstandings, how much more so do we need to give benefit of the doubt and do our research before making up our minds about others, whether it's classmates, coworkers, friends, partners, or subjects like Torah and even Hashem? This is also a reminder not to take people's false judgments to heart. As Pasuk 14 says, I praise you for I am awesomely, wondrously made. AKA, thanks God, you did a great job. I am awesome. Even if others can't see that right now. Important pep talk to keep in mind on those days where you are not the kindest to yourself and you find yourself maybe agreeing with the people who falsely accuse your character, but who simply don't know you. So we learn that God is the only one that knows us, probably better than we even know ourselves. Like Pasuk 13 says, he is who created my conscience, who you fashioned me in my mother's womb. Therefore, who are we to make assumptions, judgments, claims about anyone, including ourselves? And who are we to have expectations that any other human will fully understand us? All we can do is be as vulnerable as possible to try and help improve understanding and provide that safe space for exploration as modeled in this psalm. May we be able to recognize the need for us to be vulnerable in order to be as understood as possible for others, as this is clearly no easy feat. May we and others be open-minded enough to accept our sincere, well-meaning points of view and feel safe to explore with us to where we can feel more understood and connected. The learning and recitation for this week's episode is in honor of my grandmother, Nisa Ethel's Yortzeit, this week. May her neshama and all other neshamot that need an aliyah have one. If there is an episode that you would like to sponsor, or if you have any questions, please email me at nursenisa one N-U-R-S-E-N-I-S-A, the number one, at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to join the Facebook group to be aware of upcoming episodes. Please subscribe and share. Thank you for joining.